Welcome to Inside the Play Call with Orange Arrow, and I'm your host, Sean Robinson. And today, we have a very, very special guest, my guy, Dantes Ford, a.k.a. Tez, a.k.a. Mr. Stow Rocks. Dantes, what's up, boss? How are you? <laughs> hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm well, well. Good to see you. Thank you for joining the pod. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I appreciate you having me on here. So, so, so as an athlete, you know how important it is to warm up and stretch. So I got a couple warm up and stretch questions for you. You ready? All right. Absolutely. This might be a tough one for you. Here we go. If you're going to listen to one musical artist for 30 days straight, who are you choosing? Only one. Shoot. That, that's actually an easy one for me, man. I, I get in those kicks where I like to listen to some of my favorite artists nonstop. You know they how they do the uh the Apple the Apple Music thing where they show you your most listened to artists. Mine are always Snow Allegra, and then this year's Lucky Day as well. So Snow Allegra, I'm probably gonna have to go with her. I love her music, man. Yeah, that's that's those are two solid choices. That one choice, Snow. Yeah, that that last album, class. I'm looking forward forward to her new project. Yeah, man, for sure. I was gonna go see her again this year. I went to her concert last year as well down in DC. Where? DC. Uh, yeah, they had it down in DC last year. Yeah. She, this, hey, she's amazing in person, man. Yeah. I'm gonna ask you that. Does she, sound, does she sound as good in person as she does with the album? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now, that's an album that it can play nonstop, straight through. Yeah. Straight yeah through. Hey, there ain't really any skips in her in her whole, you know, discography. I mean, like. That's true. That's true. That's true. All right, cool. That was an easy one in, as you said. Next. So you have to choose. Would you rather? Would you rather give up all drinks except for water or give up all food that are cooked in the oven? So nothing but water or or, or you cannot eat any food in the um, that's cooked in, a, in the oven. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, for those of you who don't have a visual here, you know, I got my bottle of water right here, man. I always keep water on deck, so I'm cool with that. <laughs> nah, there it is. Water it is. I'll hey. make that same selection. Water it is. <laughs> Last one. What is your favorite TV show of all time? All right, see, you got me on this one a little bit. So I, I don't really watch a lot of TV, but I guess going from Shoot, since I was a kid and then like all through college too, me and my roommates used to come back from practice and we we would put on SpongeBob, man. SpongeBob. <laughs> hey, hey, we would come back from football practice and go sit in the living room, put on SpongeBob. That was the that was our show right there. SpongeBob. <laughs> okay. So I caught a couple episodes. I never got into that to that way, but I know a lot of people would 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 have to agree with you. They love SpongeBob. Now, it's just one of those goofy shows, you know? <laughs> so with SpongeBob, I know they came out with a lot of clothing, things of that nature. So did you ever have any of the clothing, a T-shirt, anything SpongeBob? Oh, uh, man, you know, you know how they used to have those T-shirts back in the day you get from the corner store. They done made their own little spray paint T-shirts. <laughs> right. I, I have one with SpongeBob on it. And one of those goofy SpongeBob shirts from back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, so thinking about and speaking of standing there with back in the day, take us from your childhood. Where are you from? Your upbringing, sports. Take it away. 
Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I was born and raised in, in McKee's Rocks in the Pittsburgh area. Uh, so my mom raised me, my two sisters and my brother. I'm the youngest of the group. Uh, I don't oh, like you're baby. Be, yeah, hey, I was just gonna say I don't like when people call me the baby, but <laughs> baby <tears>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. So I'm the youngest in the family. Uh, you know, me and my family are pretty close. We love just kind of having our little Sunday dinners. Well, we were having those before, you know, COVID and everything. But uh yeah, grew up in the McKees Rocks area. Didn't really play a whole lot of sports actually as a kid. I was a little video game kid. Yeah, really like sitting in the house playing video games or I go out, try to like catch bugs and snakes and stuff. Some of my friends, you know. Wait, hold on, pause. Do you say and snakes? Oh yeah, you know, there used to be like the little little gardener snakes or whatever outside. You know, they they ain't gonna do anything to you. Man, who adds and snakes? I don't know about how to catch <laughs> snakes. Okay, that garner. See, that's one thing I do not mess with snakes. I nah, I'm cool. I'm cool. I cannot mess with snakes. So video games. So growing up, what did you play? Uh, I played Sonic. Sonic. That was, that was, yeah, that was my game, Sonic. I bought a Sega Genesis a couple months ago. I got it in here right now with all the Sonic games. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog. That was my game back in the day. Still is. I'll sit here all weekend. Whenever there's nothing better to do, I'll play Sonic all weekend. Beat all the games. Sonic 1, 2, 3, Sonic and Knuckles. Got them all. Oh, how about that? How about that? That's pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty cool. So one of the games that that nostalgia for me is Pac-Man. I think I'm probably the best Pac-Man person that you know. Best Pac-Man player that you know. Just want to let you know. Hey. I don't know who all you know, <laughs> but, but but since you know me, you know what I mean? You know I'm the best. Uh, one of my boys from home had one of the little uh, arcade things, the plug and play. Right. He, he was nice at Pac-Man. I wasn't that good at it. Well, tell him to set it up. I'm ready. Whenever you're ready, I'm ready. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> so, so, so you didn't really play sports early, but then when did it kick in for you? Yeah, so I kind of I was on our our little Vikings team, Storrock's little little league team there. Shout out but, to the Vikings. Yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure, we man. Went to, with a number of the grade school student athletes that were part of the Vikings team, so that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So I was on the uh, the midget team, and I think I stopped playing until maybe like seventh or eighth grade. I was on the team, didn't really play much. I was just kind of there because all my friends were playing, you know. And then I think it really just kind of kicked off for me like ninth, tenth grade. Uh, high school football coach came and grabbed me one day and was like, look, you're going to have to play football. Like there ain't really nothing else to do out here and we need you. So he dragged me along. My friends pulled me along and then the rest was history. It just kind of worked out. So, so even though you didn't start playing sports until later. Like, did you follow like professional sports? Did you have a favorite, favorite athletes growing up? Uh, not really, actually. I think uh, something about me that usually surprises people is I don't even watch sports. So to this day, <laughs> I think to this day, to this day I, yeah, I think I throw a lot of people off with that, you know, cause I played ball for so long. I couldn't tell you the last time I watched a football game. So I didn't really have any favorites. But uh, I guess so, if, I, so, if I had to pick a favorite, I'd probably say Jerry Rice, just because, so whenever I was playing uh, back for the Little Vikings, uh, Coach Juan, I lost I lost my practice jersey, and Coach Juan called my dad, let him know I, I didn't have a jersey for practice, and my dad brought down this old Jerry Rice jersey from home, 
and I ordered some. So Coach Juan, to this day, when he sees me, he calls me Jerry Rice. I don't even know if he knows my real name. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's a cool story. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. So, so if you're not watching sports, you are not watching TV. What are you doing with your free time? Yeah, I mean, when I'm watching TV, I guess I, I like to watch this little goofy stuff on Netflix or whatever, like just little funny shows or. I really like like the nature documentaries on there. You know, all the National Geographic, BBC, all, and all of that. Planet Earth, that's my stuff. That right makes there. sense with the snakes and you chasing wildlife. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all my stuff right there. And then I like music. You know, I, I try to try to teach myself to to play the guitar. I've been working on that this year, and I, I like to make music as well. Just being on my computer, just kind of recording some stuff or just writing. You know. So when did you find that you have a find out did you have a love for music? When did that kick in for you? Uh, that's been since I was a little little kid, probably before I can even remember. You know, my mom got some of the home videos at home uh, on the VHS, me trying to like rap and sing and stuff when I'm a little kid. So I think it's always been there. So who did you listen to growing up then? Uh, I listen to a little bit of everything, but I think R and B has always been my thing. Like, if I could sing, I would sing. <laughs> you know. Okay, I was gonna ask you. That's what you not I know, I know you can rap. I know you got bars, but singing's not your thing. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a good singer, but I sing nonstop at home and around everyone else, I guess. But uh, I like the neo soul. That's like just what played a lot around the house as a kid. Maxwell, Music Soul Child, and all of that. Soul Child. Yeah. Boom! So. Boom! 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 boom. That hey, when Soul came out, that just be friends. I was I was actually at Pitt during that time. That was right, man. That was that was that was the jail. Maxwell, I can always remember. That makes me think of Love and Basketball because I know at least one of his songs was featured featured there. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. You know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's that's been so, the way since I was a kid. What about rap though? Because 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 you rap. So who do you listen to growing up rapping? Lil Wayne was actually my favorite artist uh, growing mm. up. I think I just got. I mean, what I'd have been in like fifth grade, you know, when that mixtape era was heavy. You know what I mean? And that that lasted until I was in the college. So Lil right. Wayne, favorite all through that time. That's actually my wife's favorite rapper. She always talk about. Lil Wayne. Well, when she does talk about <laughs> rap, yeah, Lil Wayne. I, I like like that hot boys, Lil Wayne. Oh, Lil Wayne, the block is hot. The block, like all of yeah, that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah, like the, I, Carter, I the Carter Two Wayne and then mixtape Wayne. That's that's what I listen to all the time. Got you, got you. Now, yeah. have you uh, checked out his latest album or actually, a project he put out? I actually, have I had to I had to kind of taper off of Wayne's music, man. I didn't want to spoil the memories. <laughs> yeah, hey, so. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my opinion on his last project I listened to. I was like, you know what? Let me not spoil any more of my memories. Right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, the only song I listen to, I, I replay value for me is the one from Drake. Man, I think Drake Drake is a high level artist. I mean, as as the world knows, but that BB King freestyle. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I like that one. Yeah, yeah, he's spitting. So, so high school. So we we're gonna get into your football career. But did you play any other sports in high school? Yeah, I did, uh, basketball and track. Well, track before before they had to cut our track team. But yeah, those are my two things outside of football. So basketball, you played power four. Would you play guard? You have any handles? What was your game like? 
I was kind of mixed around to where I fit in at the time. So I, I was always an important part of the team, but I think I, I bounced around a whole lot. So I was really a forward, I guess. But I mean, I was I was all over the place. You know, the only thing I didn't play was point guard, really. Got you, got you. So you were an athlete running around, probably like a typical football player, just rely on athleticism <laughs> to I make plays. I, I could, I could hoop though. I could, I mean. Oh, yeah, my handles wasn't up there with any point guards, but I, I could shoot, I could score. I think I can't remember what it was that I averaged, but it was definitely like 17, 17 a game or something like that. Okay. Are you putting work? You put yeah, in work. I, I was all right. I was all right. We had we had some good teams though in my last couple of years at Still Rocks. How far did y'all go? Did y'all make it to state? Uh we always made it to state playoffs, but I mm. can't remember what round. I think my senior year we lost quarterfinals. Uh, there was one year I believe we lost. Was it Whippeo quarterfinals or semifinals? I can't even remember. Okay. All, it all runs together because we had those two strong years. I remember we were like twenty three and two at one point. Oh wow! Year. Yeah, we were winning games, and then the end of that season was rough. Where I guess the end of the playoffs there. And so sticking with um, with uh, Still Rocks before before we move beyond that. One of our early supporters and continued support, but she was so instrumental uh, in the early stages of Orange Arrow, especially getting Stow Rock Stupid out involved with Miss D. So, you oh, remember Miss yeah, D? Yeah. Uh huh. So, so I know she thinks the world of you. I mean, any time there was opportunity for for we able to get you in front of Stow Rock's kids because that, that's your that's your uh, your neighborhood. And so, was she a teacher, or you just know her around the neighborhood? How do you know Miss D? I, I knew her from around the neighborhood, you know, okay. and I, I think that's just kind of how I know most people from Star Wars. Again, it just all runs together in my old right. age, I guess. I ain't even that old, but, you know. <laughs> oh, so, but I mean, yeah, yeah, you just kind of know how it goes. Like I speak about it a lot. That's Star Rocks community. It's just like everybody's a family over there. You feel me? So sometimes I don't even remember how I know people. I just know I know them. Right. And, and I care about them and they care about me as well. You feel me? So. I'm That's just you. how it goes over there. That's how every time I go back, someone says hi to me and I'm looking, I'm like, oh, I haven't seen you in years, but it feels like, you know, you know, been around this whole time. So, right. Good vibes right. over there. And so when I think about Still Rocks, when we were having program at the Boys and Girls Club and also at the elementary middle school, we used to always order pizza from Jets Pizza. Now, are you, do you rock with Jets Pizza? Jets? Over in McKee's Rocks? Yeah. Where, where is that one at? Like, it's the one. Oh, where is it? Oh, I'm trying to remember. It's like going through the tunnel. Isn't it Jets? I said we got. Oh, what's the piece? The one, the one at the end of the tunnel. There's Fox's Pizza there and Mama Lena's. Ah, you got it. It's Fox's. It's All not right. Jets. That's exactly what it is. It's been some years. Fox's Pizza. That's exactly the name of the spot. Did you rock with Fox's or at least growing up? I'm I'm a Mama Lena's Doughboys. That's that's the mm. yeah that's the homegrown right there. Okay. You know, I mean, Fox has always been around in McKees Rocks, but I think Mamalinas and Doughboys is like the big two over there. No, dis you. no disrespect to anyone who who likes Foxes if they listen to right. Them. All love, <laughs> all, all love for Foxes. Definitely. And so, how was the recruiting process uh, for you? Yeah, I think I fell into a really good situation. You know what I mean? We had a lot of talent on the teams that I played on at Stow Rocks. I mean, we had two big time recruits, you know, coming out of there. They were seniors my sophomore year. 
Uh, my senior year, we had, you know, a handful of us, three or four, maybe even five of us with potential to play at a division one program, you know, and we had two more guys. It was it two years after that who had potential D one talent, you know? So, okay. Yeah. yeah. So we, so we had a lot of guys coming out of there. So I fell right in the middle of that where as these coaches and scouts are coming in to watch some of these other guys, you know, with a little more uh, publicity than I was getting, you know, that was my time to kind of show what I got and put my best foot forward. You know what I mean? So I can go out there and make a name for myself. Now, did you play receiver and safety in high school? What did you play in high school? Wherever they needed me. <laughs> hey, I was, I played receiver. Uh, I played safety. I guess technically corner and outside linebacker as well. I was our snapper at one point on extra. Oh, right. we were going for two. I was the PP on punt. We had another guy, uh, another D1 prospect was our punter. And we used to run fakes, just me and him. Yeah. <laughs> hey, me and him return kicks and punts. So hey, it was a ball playing us, though. You know, we all got to move around, play everywhere, contribute. Right, right. And so coming out of high school, where have you considered going? So before I committed, I committed to Syracuse and went there my freshman year. Before I went there, again, like football was never like really my big thing. I wasn't all into sports all like that. So I was looking, you know, to go to an academic institution. You know what I mean? Like, love it. Yeah. So coming out, I visited Syracuse, Princeton, Columbia, Northwestern, and I was going to visit Vanderbilt before I committed to Syracuse. And then once I committed, I just stopped going on those trips. So got some exposure to some really good schools. And I decided at that point in time, Syracuse was best for me, you know, for my academic and athletic aspirations. Okay. So uh, with Syracuse, the, um, how was that? So, cause they recruited me coming out of high school and I actually wanted to go to Syracuse, but Pitt showed more love. But I remember going to visit there uh, during that time. Donovan McNabb was a quarterback. Like Syracuse was, they were balling during those, during those years. So how was how was it that year uh, there at your time at Syracuse? Yeah, I mean, so I've registered in my freshman year at Syracuse. They, uh, I, I was a safety on the roster up there, even though I felt like I should have been a wide receiver, which is part of the reason why I transferred. But I mean, there were some good dudes up there on that team. I think when I think of my memories up at Syracuse, I always think of the guys there. You know what I mean? That that locker room had some really good dudes. I was only there for my freshman season, and I still talk to a bunch of those dudes. I was going to ask you that. To this day, yeah. So they had some good people up there. So I could say I had a good experience. You know, at the end of the day, I just felt like it wasn't the school for me and decided to transfer to Pitt. One thing I say about Syracuse, I love their colors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was actually uh, the Still Rocks colors in Little League. We wore blue and orange. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, so I went back to our old colors for a little bit. So, so how was it going to Pitt, being so close to home? Because you hear, like, the mixed bags of being so close to home. But, it, I mean, you could go home and get a nice meal more consistently. But how was that going to college so close to your hometown? Yeah, I guess for me, it just depends on what angle I'm, I'm kind of looking at it at that time. So one thing, like I was saying before about how, you know, McKees Rocks is that community. So whenever I transferred to Pitt, I actually walked on and, you know, I didn't really have much whenever I came there. I was staying up in, in Sutherland 
and was on a little uh, meal plan I had to pay for myself, which wasn't really much. And again, that community like really supported me, man. Like more than I think a lot of people realized, you know what I mean? So that was really great to be close to home during that time for me, you know, cause I had people who had my back, you know, whenever I may not have been feeling motivated to keep trying to walk on there or if I may not have had the funds to do the things I needed to do, you know, there were people there who really took care of me and supported me. And then in the same token, you know, trying to accomplish big things while you're so close to home and so close to certain influences that may not be best for you at that time. You know, that was something I struggled with just because, you know, a lot of my closest friends growing up, you know, they weren't lucky enough to have the same opportunities that I had. And so, you know what I mean? They lived a completely different life than I was living at that time. So two, two sides of the same coin, but at the end of the day, I'm really happy I made the decision and I'm happy for where I am now because of it. So when I'm thinking about the walk on side of things, I, I have a huge appreciation for those who walk on, even a great appreciation for those who walk on and then become players and contributors at a high level. I mean, you were a baller at Pitt. And so what went into you thinking, you making that decision to walk on at Pitt? Now, did you have, did they recruit you come out of high school? You have a relationship with a coach or just a matter of coming home? Because that, that's, that's, a, that's a tough road to, uh, to choose. I mean, so I was getting a little, little looks from Pitt before all the coaching changes, you know, that, that little era with all the coaching changes there. Yeah. And uh, so when Graham was there, I, he actually didn't offer me at all. He had offered a couple other guys on my, on my high school team. Our coach was trying to talk to him because he knew I really wanted to go there. And it just unfortunately didn't happen for me at that time. Uh, just happened to be the perfect mix of things between, you know, me not wanting to be at Syracuse anymore. Uh, coach Chris getting on board at Pitt. And then that little weird transition with the two schools from the Big East to the ACC. Somehow I was actually able to transfer instead of it like having to sit out for the intra-conference rules or whatever, like the two-year rule that they had, because it was technically like me going from the Big East to the ACC. Mm. So, yeah, thankfully it all worked out the way it did though, you know? Yeah, um, now do you remember your jersey number when you walked on? Cause you, you ended up with a cool number, but you walk it on, you don't always get a cool number. So what was your, you remember your jersey number? Uh, I actually had 12, 12 was my number. I wore oh. that all, yeah, I wore that all through spring ball and everything. And then Chris Blewett came and robbed me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's my guy. Me, me and uh, Blewett, our lockers are right next to each other. So I used to always mess with him. Like, man, you took my number. Like, let me get my number. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and so the student side of things, what did you major at it? Yeah, so my undergrad was in marketing and finance. And then I uh, got my MBA after I finished up playing there. And so how was it? balancing being a student athlete, undergrad? You know, there's definitely uh, challenges to trying to balance those two things. I think the most important part, you know, if you want to have a, a good balance with that is tapping into the resources they have there. So thankfully, you know, one, I was, I was able to handle the course load as, as well as my uh, athletic obligations, you know, on my own. But there were also times, you know, when I knew I needed to tap into those resources, maybe get tutoring or just take advantage of the study hall, you know, going up there to the peak and going in there and 
if I need a computer with a fast connection, because you know my laptop was trash, then, <laughs> hey, get out there and just knock all my work out, and then I can enjoy myself after that. So, you know, it's just about maintaining the balance, maintaining the schedule. And so, with your time at Pitt, when you think of some of your fondest memories, whether it's on or off the field, what's one or two things that come to mind? I just remember all the times, you know, kicking it with my boys out there. You know what I mean? There's a whole lot of dudes who, even though we don't talk that much anymore, or we still do keep in touch, but I mean, like, like Reggie, that's, that's my best friend to this day, Reggie Mitchell. Shout out to Reg. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jester, Zach Challingsworth, Chad Wojtyk, Chris Wiesner, like all those guys, even some of the older dudes, uh, Manessa, Isaac Bennett, all of them. Those are my guys in college. So all my fondest memories for real, I just feel like we're with all those boys, you know? Whether we was just at home kicking it, chopping it up, talking. Oh, Manny, Manny Stocker as well. Can't forget Manny. That's my dog. Yeah, shout out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's Jazzy's older brother, right? Yeah, yeah. Ra Ra. Yeah. yeah, you know Ra Ra. Yeah. yeah. Him, him and Manny was roommates. Those are my those are my memories. Actually, one real good memory that just came Ra Ra. <laughs> <laughs> this picture Manny took of him. Ra Ra made something to eat at their apartment. And he ain't let the plate cool down or nothing. I don't know why he was just so hungry. And he just put an oven mitt on and was sitting there on the couch <laughs> with an oven mitt so he could hold it and hurry up and eat. Oh, I think I think I still have the picture on my phone. <laughs> please, even if we have to purchase that picture, please send me that picture. <laughs> you know, Ra is our guy, our program manager, salt of the earth. And uh, we actually call him Uncle Ra because so sometimes he feel like he be on Zooms. Sometimes he's traveling. He feel like he's uh, look like somebody's uncle. So uh, one, one yeah, of my yeah. called him Uncle Ra. But that's that's my guy. And uh, I would love to give him a hard time about eating with the uh, with an oven mitt. Please oven send that to me. <laughs> that's funny you calling Uncle Ra because I feel like all them dudes that just named they got like that old soul. Everybody Uncle whatever. Yeah, that's true. Isaac, too. Like, yeah, Isaac. Yeah, man, you, Uncle, Uncle IB. And I don't know if right. you remember Reggie Green. We used to call him Uncle Reg. <laughs> yeah, so I knew Reggie because Reggie transferred to... Uh, Is that Robert Morris? Robert, Robert Morris, yep. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know him as well, but I remember a number of people when I was to go to Robert Morris' game. Actually, I, you might have been there, too, but people were still able to go support him, you know, yeah. watch him ball at RMU. Yeah, those. I guess that that's what it, all my boys was the uncles on the team. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so the um, life after after college sports. So did you? I mean, I think I know the answer to this. Uh, so growing up, did you want to be a professional athlete, or did it just hit you later? Like maybe I have opportunity, I should go for it. Yeah, it, it hit me. Honestly, it hit me after my senior season, like kind of going into pro day and everything. You know, and that was whenever I was like, you know what, I should really give this a real shot. Because a uh, little known fact about me is that I, I actually considered not coming back for my fifth year at Pitt. I, I wanted to, I already finished undergrad. I wanted to transfer somewhere and just go and get my MBA and call it a day. You know what I mean? And, you know, some good people there within the program and that Cats, you know, reminded me of why, one, it's important me to, to finish out what I started. And then two, the opportunities that were going to be in front of me, you know, if I were to complete that. And so thankfully for me, it all worked out in that sense as well. So after my, I broke my collarbone week two, my senior year, in my head, 
you know, there was really no chance that I was going to come back and do well enough to get a shot in the league. And, you know, again, some good people in that building who stuck by me and, and helped me get through what I was going through at that time and helped get me right, got me in the shape, got my collarbone going again. And hey, then got to go out there and do my thing at Pro Day. And Detroit was actually there. And the, the GM uh, came up to me and talked to me that day, you know, and they told me that they were interested in the, they're going to keep me on the radar. So it all worked out. Detroit. What up, though? <laughs> <laughs> How was the time at Detroit? Yeah, I liked it a lot. And again, like I say about every team I played on, like the guys in that locker room, that was my favorite part about being there. You know what I mean? There's a bunch of those dudes who I talk to every day. I was actually just in Cleveland for work these past few days. I went and visited one of my boys who I played with in Detroit. So I saw him up there. So I loved it up there. I had some family up there as well who took care of me while I was out there. So it was a great experience overall. I see you got this running thing, getting close to family. Family going to take care of you. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah, you know, hey, you know that's, that's what it's all about. That's that's what I learned in, in McKee's Rocks. Keep good people around you. Take care, take care of people. They take care of you. Always keep good company, you know? So how was it for you when you decided to give up uh, the, the game as a professional athlete? Uh, at the time... I think the biggest challenge for me was that, you know, I, I had an injury uh, after I was playing in the AAF, tore up my ankle a little bit. And so even though going into the AAF, I actually had my mind made up that, you know, that was going to be my last season playing anyway. But then mm. I was just, I was having a ball out there. I was doing you well. Were balling. Yeah, I, mean, I was balling, but I was really enjoying myself. But I'll say that's probably the most fun I had playing football like in my entire life is playing out there. It's just like stress-free out there having fun. I know the AAF was all, it was a little unorganized, but that was a part, right. of, the, that was part of the fun, you know? Right. What did it stand for? AAF. The Alliance of American Football. Yeah, that's, that's what it is, yep. yep. Yeah, yeah. So after I, I hurt my ankle, uh, took a road trip coming back from San Diego, enjoyed myself. I was just traveling, you know, rehabbing, getting myself right. And I don't really know when it set in, but there was just a part of me that was just like, you know, I don't want to hang this up just because it's not on my terms now because of this injury. And so I worked my way back from the injury, uh, got some calls from some NFL teams and XFL and I was also like a month away from getting my MBA or like two months away from getting my MBA. And I just decided, you know what, I think it's time for me to do what I've been thinking about for so long. Just, you know, hang it up and focus on the rest of my life, you know, the next 30 years or however long I'm doing this. So I don't regret it at all. I'm really happy about it, actually. Uh, when people ask me, I tell them that, like, surprisingly, as much that's been going on with me, this has probably been one of the best years for me in a long time because I'm just enjoying myself. I love the job that I have now and I'm happy. I got to hang it up whenever I wanted to. That's a beautiful thing. And I'm glad you, you feel strong, your decision at peace with your, with your decision. And so the, so you went to cats at Pitt cats business school. Were you in business school while you were still playing or did you, did you pause and then, and then went back and finished? Oh, so I just did that all the way through. I started my, I started in Cats, like going into my senior year at Pitt that summer, like going into my senior football season. 
uh, tried to load up on credits while I could while I was still playing there. And then once I was done, it was just every off season or summer or weekend that I kind of had off while I was playing pro ball. I just come back to Pittsburgh, take some classes. They had like these immersion courses where it's just from nine to five, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and you just bang it out. And that's one and a half or three credits, depending on, on what the class was. And so I just kind of knocked it out like that over, what was it, like two and a half, three years it took. And then finally got my degree last December. So wow. really happy about that, yeah. That's awesome. Congratulations, your commitment to do that, especially as you were you know, being a professional athlete. I mean, there's so many people who do not finish their undergrad degree, but to show your dedication, your commitment to getting a second degree while you're in your professional career, I mean, you talk about more than athletes. So, I mean, that is something to be uh, applauded for. So I'm, I'm gonna give you a, a little golf clap there, but <laughs> but but I, I salute you for that. that yeah, that's I appreciate wonderful. it, man. Bro, I appreciate that. And so you mentioned uh, you're enjoying your career now. What are you doing now? Yeah, so now I'm uh, doing medical device sales. So I started out, I was uh, doing pharmaceutical sales, selling selling vaccines. A uh, couple of people, really throughout the last couple of years, I mean, from football, some, some connections from Pitt, uh, some of the people who put plates and tight ropes into my ankle and collarbone, they, they introduced me to the right people within that field. Uh, I got an interest for it and just kind of networked and leveraged relationships that I already had and got my foot in the door at a company that I've been wanting to work for for a long time. So I'm with Medtronic now uh, based out of Pittsburgh. And so how has COVID affected your, your job? Because typically you would be going into the hospitals. Like, Are you still doing it? You're just having masks on? Like, How has it affected that, that process? Yeah, so I'm still there. That's that's what I was doing in Cleveland uh, this morning in the last couple of days, and then I just kind of bounce around within the region. So I mean, they they have us in all of our PPE and 95s, the whole whole nine yards. So not really too worried about about anything as far as that. But things slow down a little bit, obviously, just because hospitals are kind of over overbooked and short staffed. You know what I mean? Right. So. And so you mentioned this word. This is something that, that we share with our both the collegiate athletes and our grade school student athletes. The importance of relationships. Can you speak to that? Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the story of my life, man. Like, it's relationships. And just like you were saying, like, how I'm, I'm real big on family and friends and keeping people close. That's, I wouldn't be where I am right now. I wouldn't be having this call with you. You know what I mean? If I didn't have relationships through the years. I mean, there were certain things that I struggled with, you know, as a kid and an adolescent that I needed outside relationships to kind of pull me along and get me where I needed to be. And there's the story all through high school, college, and my professional life to get the job that I'm working at now. And so I just think it's important for everyone to understand that you're never going to get anywhere on your own. It's never truly on your own. People who are self-made, it's never truly on your own. At some point in time, there are people who you had to lean on and get help from. And I think not only can you look at that in a selfish way, like, okay, I'm going to keep people around because I may need help, but you also have to be that person to pull someone else along. You know what I mean? And, And just keep the thing going, keep the cycle going. And so that that's what relationships mean to me. You know what I mean? Having a genuine care and concern for people and genuinely want to see people do well. 
As you know, the mission of Orange Arrow is to coach student athletes to aim for success off the field, off the track, out of the pool, wherever the playing arena may be. Why is the work of Orange Arrow important? Yeah, I know you and I have definitely talked about this uh, at other points in time. So I'm just trying to get the spark notes. You know what I mean? Because I know me, we, we can go on for days about this. Because, I mean, this type of work is extremely important, again, especially with relationships. Like we talked about before, you're bringing kids from different backgrounds, different socioeconomic uh, backgrounds, living in different parts of the city, whatever it may be, black, white, brown, you know, bringing all different types of people together and giving them these organic experiences. And you cannot simulate that anywhere else. You can't you can't really get it anywhere else. You know what I mean? If you're just stuck in your own little bubble at home and you may go to your own, you know, little local group, you're going to have local people. Right. But something like Orange Arrow, that work that you're doing there, you're bringing a lot of different people together. You're teaching them critical life skills social skills and things that they're going to carry with them throughout their lives and that's going to help them be successful again on and off the field there it is thank you for your continued support i mean you're so willing to give up your time i remember the first time you showed up at the boys and girls club in stow rocks yeah mrs yeah. stow rocks and, and, and we actually while we had different groups but we gave you the platform to speak to the entire club and it was, I mean, it's probably over 100 kids there. It was a nice turnout. And you've been, I remember, actually, I can see the picture of my mom. I think you had some Jordans on. So I remember that. <laughs> some J's on. Like, he fresh with it. He, he swagged out. But, uh, but, but I greatly appreciate you, you know, again, your continued support of the work. Because ultimately, it's about helping young people. And, and there's other things I know that you have done for community. I know the one time, I think you were in college still. When Didn't you all raise some money for, was it equipment in Stow Rock? Yeah. What was that? Yeah, so I guess to just quickly sum that up, yeah. it actually started out as a class project. Uh, our assignment, it was for a digital marketing, social media marketing class. All we had to do was make a video, pick any cause. It could be whatever you want and just get views. That was a, you get a grade based on how many views you get compared to the class. And I thought the second they told us about this project, I was like, yeah, I'm taking this back home. I already know I can do something with this. And it just happened. I got the perfect group. Those those two guys, Craig and Jim, they wanted to do the same thing. They're like, yeah, I want to go out and actually like do something and not just get views. And so we made did this campaign to essentially emphasize the importance of athletics and extracurricular activities you know, in an academic environment and in the development of our youth. And we went back to Stow Rocks where the baseball and softball teams were on a three-year hiatus. You know, the teams got cut due to budget constraints and we were able to raise over $10,000 for the team. Equipment donations on top of that. I mean, just all types of stuff start flying in. And even even after we were kind of done with that part of it, you know, there was still that momentum there where they were still they were still getting support from other teams and other places. So it was, it was a, it was an amazing thing to be a part of. And I was really happy to see what it did for those kids there. I know some of them personally, you know what I mean? And it meant a lot to those kids. It, that's another thing we share, especially with collegiate athlete is the importance of using their platform. And so that's an example of that. While you would have got some things done, but it actually helped 
that you were a student athlete at Pitt, you had a platform and you were able to bring people together because the platform will give you the opportunity, but your character, your relationship building skills, keep them there, let them to invest at a high level. So again, hats off to you, man. I'm extremely excited what you, um, you know, what the future holds for you in the sales industry. And I know just because of your heart, that there's great things that you're going to continue to do for the, uh, for the community as a whole. Hey, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Definitely appreciate what you do for these kids too. You know, don't let that go unnoticed. There it is. My dude, appreciate you, boss. Hey, no doubt, man. We'll talk soon. All right. Peace.